Welcome to 99 Potions, Fanbyte's premier RPG podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Flores, featured contributor of Fanbyte.com, and with me today, as always, are my wonderful co-hosts, editor-at-large John Warren, whose Warrior of Light is named Fedona Tup. Hell yeah, Fedona, baby! <laughs> she is our 99 Potions mascot, and we also have managing editor Stephen Strom, whose Warrior of Light is named Stephen Storm. Yeah, I regret to inform the podcast that she does need, Stephen Storm that is, she needs a new haircut because I logged in today and remembered what I left her with last time I logged into Shadowbringers, and it is not going to fly going Uh, forward. Okay, so hey, like, Natalie, I I see this very good copy that you're going to read in a second, but Stephen, why don't you tell us what the haircut is? Yeah. (laughs) Kind of like a... I, I forget what I had changed from previously. I like to use the haircuts in Final Fantasy XIV to kind of like um, show that characters have gone through like different moments or whatever. Oh, and I, I do feel, like it, that. That's yeah, cool. It's, it's cool. I think Ren would be proud. Um, yes. Friend of the show, Renata Price. <laughs> friend of the show, Renata Price. <laughs> who's, who, spent, who spent more time naming her character uh, than I've spent doing almost anything else <laughs> in the past year. So. Exactly. Um, and I think I was trying, if I remember, um, anything from, uh, I don't know, past four months ago, which is already a major feat on my part, um, I think I was going for, uh, making her look more no-nonsense, but it does just mean that I cut her bangs, basically, and she just kind of has, like, a whole lot of forehead going on in the front Oh, so just big, big forehead. I thought you were going to say that you gave her, like, the, um, the John and Kate plus eight special, or, like, the... Um, you know, like that, like the, can I talk to your manager? Uh, oh, no, 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 not that, not quite okay. that bad. Just lots of forehead okay. and then also hair down to the shoulders, but then also braided in the back. So like mm-hmm. a braid, like a big braided ponytail, but like also it only partially in the hair. It's not a great look, John. I, I know you're trying to make me feel better with the, no, like, it sounds like, Ivor. like the, it sounds like Ivor from the Assassin's Creed games. Mm, the, it kind of one. is a little bit. Yeah. 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 Minus mm-hmm. the, like the side shave, the, the classic Ubisoft right. side shave. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's going to be a trip to the aesthetician. Uh, for for good ASAP. old Steven. yeah. The once yeah. he's finished doing five hundred duty roulettes to catch. <laughs> 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 uh, and this week we're talking about Final Fantasy fourteen, which is why I brought up our Warrior of Lights. Um, mine isn't worth bringing up because her name is just Natalie. So <laughs> we're oh, just good. <laughs> yes. Is it just is it just Natalie? No nas- last no, name. It's just Natalie. it's Natalie Shin after the last name of my favorite K-pop idol. We're moving <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> so next week we will have a spoiler cast for patch 5.3 because it is a big one it is the end of the Shadowbringers expansion so you can look forward to us discussing that with a special guest very soon uh but um this week we wanted to do something a little more accessible just because uh by next week we'll have our impressions piece with our thoughts on 5.3 and by our thoughts i mean my thoughts on 5.3 which i got up at 6 a.m to play yesterday like a normal person um, <laughs> like a kind of a big nerd is what no, i'm hearing just a little bit uh but yeah so this week we wanted to do sort of a companion episode to next week but something a little more accessible especially since there are 
are a lot of people who will want to be getting into Final Fantasy XIV these days once um, they see all the changes to the patch. Uh, so um, patch 5.3 is really notable, not just because it's the end of the Shadowbringers expansion, but also because it totally revamps the base game, A Realm Reborn, mm-hmm. uh, which is why there will be a probably larger than normal influx of new players joining this time around so as a combination of new and experienced players we wanted to sit down and chat about why final fantasy 14 is ultimately so worth getting into more than ever before if you're already a fan of the game you can listen to us basically talk about why it's so good but if you are on the fence about whether you should play it uh, i think we will have a pretty good conversation about why it's worth getting into to right now yeah um john i'm actually kind of most interested in your take on this because i think you are the most yeah. recent uh convert to the final fantasy 14 to the eorzean alliance i would Eorzea, say baby yeah yeah i i think um you know this is the i think i believe it is the fourth time that i've attempted to get into <laughs> final fantasy 14 and it's the one that has stuck like mm-hmm. i'm really uh, you know, I, I don't play it every day, but it's one of those things where I'm, I'm thinking about it a lot and coming back to it, um, whenever I have free time. So like, I, I've dabbled in, in MMOs before, like I've, I've gotten to like level 60 and wow, um, like a long time ago. And I've, uh, I've probably put like 30 hours into like Guild Wars 2, um and and you know a couple other games like uh, oh the old republic I've, I've probably put Ooh. about i don't know 30 hours into that as well um but i um i getting into final fantasy 14 this time has felt so good because i've just had one a team of trusted people telling me that like once i get through the realm reborn content i'm gonna like completely fall in love with this game and i have to say like even the realm reborn stuff is not that bad but the fact that 5.3 is kind of shrinking that um i i think is a a very very good argument to dive in head first yeah absolutely Uh, um just because i forgot to say it at the beginning as I should have but basically for those who might not know or just to sort of make sure that we set it on the table yeah the new patch basically streamlines the base game and so many of the most tedious and unnecessarily drawn out quests in the original game have been cut or shortened Uh, so it's a lot easier to get through what most people would say is the least impressive part of the game Um, and the free trial has also been expanded so now you can play for free up until level 60 which will allow you yeah it's so wild and it's such a good deal like i can't i can't stress what a good deal that is yeah so basically this allows you to play not just the base game but it will also allow you to play the entirety of the first expansion called heaven sword which is a really fucking good expansion um and there are limitations like i know that people who play uh the free trial won't be able to have access to the market boards they won't be able to join free companies and so a lot of the social aspects of final fantasy 14 are not at your disposal but it's such a great way to get into the game and that's ultimately what the 
what the trial prioritizes, and it's it's a bonkers deal. Um, yeah. And you have access to this trial as long as you have a totally new account. So say that you had a level 50 character. Level 50 is the max level for the base game, A Realm Reborn, just because the expansions are split up between sort of levels. So A Realm Reborn, by the end of it, you're level 50. By the end of Heaven's Ward, you're level 60. By the end of Stormblood, you're 70, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And if you had a level 50 character that you dropped some time ago and you want to go back and take advantage of the free trial, you will unfortunately have to create an entirely new account and an entirely yeah. new character. But I feel like it's a pretty fair bargain, just especially with how much shorter A Realm Reborn is and how much easier it is to get through now. Um, so John is in the middle of A Realm Reborn, so I'm sure yeah. there, there's going to be... When you log back in, there's probably going to be a quest that's going to be like, hey, this this has been edited or this has been <laughs> right. adjusted. It, it'll I, tell I'm, you in the game. Yeah, I'm really interested to see, because I'm, I'm about halfway through A, a Realm Reborn. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to see. Because I, I, I halfway did this deliberately because I knew 5.3 was coming. And, and I was like, well, I want to play enough of the original to kind of know what what the what the what the pain points are for new players sure yeah and and like if you are a person who and and this is basically me like the idea of an mmo of a persistent world of like being able to hang out with your friends and do stuff like that all sounds good but in practice it's it's something i've never really liked and so and the quest structure of most mmos are so unbelievably dry yes Yes. And and even dungeons and stuff like especially like early yes. dungeons and wow and things like that are unbelievably dry. And I would say even, you know, to be completely fair and clear, I would say even a lot of the early dungeons in Final Fantasy 14 are not oh, the perfect examples. Oh, yes. oh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm getting at is oh, that like oh. I don't I don't think this game actually makes a very good first impression, which is why they've done what they've done. Right. And yeah. Because a lot of the stuff that has started to open up to me as I get into, as I round the bases to like level 30 and like I start to get into more of the group play in the more interesting locales and the more interesting boss fights, like that is such a different impression of this game that they really should have probably led with. and. One of the things that like and and y'all have to tell me if y'all know the answer to this because I haven't logged back in even though I should have uh, before now. Um, <laughs> the 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 novice quests that basically tell you how to to do your to do your role essentially the guild tests the guild yeah the guild the, the novice guild stuff that you have to do um, to like uh, you know, you're unlocking certain things with that but also just basically how the game teaches you to to do your role. Like you can't just, I'm a healer. So I can't just go into group, uh, group play going like, well, I'm going to keep doing, uh, uh, arrow on these, on these enemies and just not worry about anything else. Like you can't do that. You've got to be on the ball doing all the healing for everyone because you know, everyone else is going to be doing, doing the damage. You've got to learn how to do that. And this game teaches you how to do that in an interesting way. But like, you don't really start using any of those skills in earnest until quite a bit through a realm of yeah. Yep. And like, 
if that becomes kind of the crux of the game, this kind of like very intense, lively uh, version of an MMO, the game should really like tell you that that's what it's going to be earlier than it does. Mm-hmm. Um, because really for, you know, from level one to 20, it is a very, very basic MMO experience. Now it's got all the trappings of something that's like interesting. Like the locales are interesting and the writing is pretty good and the music is beautiful. Um, and I love all the different, like, you know, uh, cosmetics and things like that. It's, it leaves a very good impression in terms of those MMOs, like of, of every other MMO in its class, but it doesn't do a ton to show you why so many people have fallen in love yeah. with this game. Yeah, like you basically, um, you, if, if you are someone whose friends convince you to play Final Fantasy XIV, yeah. you used to sort of have to deal with them being like, it gets better it gets so much better, yeah. so much yeah. more than you think. And now I think with the patch and the revamps that are done to A Realm Reborn, now it's a lot easier just to put up with all that A Realm Reborn does. That it is just really not... It doesn't indicate really just the potential of Final Fantasy XIV and its storytelling especially. Um, and it makes it so much easier to get through. And you don't have to sort of... You know, it's not based on just hearsay for much longer. Like, it, you can get to the good parts a lot faster. It doesn't yeah. need to be that people have to be like, it gets better. Just stick with it, please. Because did you yeah. did you both play through the entirety? Because I know I know there are. I'm about to say something. I don't even know if it's true, but I feel like it's true. Didn't didn't they introduce ways for you to basically skip that content at some point? Yeah, or, you can pay I, money. Okay. Yeah, you can pay money. You can pay money to do that. Did y'all both play through Realm Reborn, or did y'all skip that stuff? Steven? I, I played all the way through it. I'm actually okay. the classic example that um, Yoshi P uh, has pointed out that like they see from a lot of people, which is that a lot of people get through A Realm Reborn get to level 50, they beat that main story content and then see the like giant list of quests they have to do before they have they can even get to Heaven's Word. Right. And then they're like, I'll get back to this later and then never get back and to then, it later. Yeah. I did that for years. I, I beat the Realm Reborn story and felt that finality of that moment and I was like, okay, there's a good hook here for something that comes next, but I am so burnt out from all of these fucking fetch quests. Yeah. Uh, I will get back to it later. And in my case, I actually did. I got back to it later. I think when Stormblood came out, in the weeks leading up to the Stormblood's release, I went through and played through all of the um, 2.x slash um, Heaven's Word content, which is like the 3.0 and 3.x content. It's kind of uh, a lot of the story content in Final Fantasy XIV is split up that way, where it's like 2.0 is the base game because it's an improvement on the original launch of Final Fantasy XIV online, which was the kind of like infamously disastrous first launch of the game before uh, mm-hmm. Yoshi P came in um, with his team. Uh, I don't want to just say it was Yoshi P. Even he himself is very quick to remind people that he is just like one member of a giant team that works on this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so a lot of the stuff is then broken down between like, so there's 2.0, which is a realm reborn. And then there's the 2.0 X, which is everything between a realm reborn and heaven's word. And then there's 3.0, which is heaven's word. And then so on and so forth uh, yeah. up until Shadowbringers. Um, and I think it's a double-edged sword because I, I think it does come back to what a lot of what you were saying, John, because I think 
it is a very necessary thing, and I don't know that I personally know a better way to handle this because I think it, it is actually extremely effective at what it does because part of the reason Final Fantasy XIV's early game is such a slog is because it is all mandatory. It's not World of yeah. Warcraft where it's just going to start you off in like whatever the new zone is and it's just like, ah, get to level 60 or whatever. You'll yeah. be able to skip almost all of this. There's not like a linear story for you to go through in those games. Right. Whereas in this one, they are like, no, sit here. Most of the dungeons won't unlock until you unlock them as part of the story. They won't even be available yeah. for you to play. Yeah. Which allows them to do, which, which is annoying. It's, it, that is, I think, the, one of the cruxes of the slog, but also allows them to presume that, okay, if you're at level 60, unless you paid, you know, human money, which at that point, like, you're kind of like, you know, making your own bet, I think. Uh, assuming you played through the entire game as it's meant to be played, they know that you had to have learned certain mechanics to get to this point. So they can start layering on new mechanics and new mechanics and new mechanics. So things like avoiding specific o AOEs, uh, managing stacking debuffs, um, watching out for certain symbols like um, the Final Fantasy XIV has tons of different like visual language mm -hmm. to indicate that, okay, this is an attack that an enemy is going to use. Everybody needs to stack up in a like little little bunch of people to avoid damage and like spread the damage between you or this one means everybody look away from the boss the boss is about to do some kind of like petrifying gaze gorgon move yeah. or something so you need to look <laughs> away or you'll be turned to stone and I because never look away. you know <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> you're like every dps player i've ever yeah. lived up with <laughs> <laughs> um, but because they know that you know all that stuff, because they are able to pepper it into you uh, over the course of dozens of hours, one by one by one, by the time you get to the end, they have enough faith in the player to give you tons and tons of interesting mechanics and layers and layers of complexity that like they know that you are able of, uh, to handle because you have already handled all, all of these before mm -hmm. it's it's almost the antithesis of something like a destiny where destiny is just like we're gonna fucking throw all this new shit at you in this raid because we want everybody to be confused on day one because it's a race to figure out who can figure out these arbitrary rules and this one is like no we are going to show you, you need to stand on these plates, you need to move to this area, you need to avoid this little little red cone, stand in the blue cone, etc. and so on. And that is, to me, one of the things that makes Final Fantasy XIV, especially in the later going, so fascinating and so dynamic just to play. Like, not mm -hmm. even just the story. I, I love the story, don't get me wrong, but I think that is a thing that people point to and say, like, no, just, just you gotta get through the 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 early stuff because it's worth it for the story later on and it's true but also i think people undersell how fucking incredible some of like the later alliance raids and normal raids end up being because it is so confident that the player has the tools at their disposal that mm -hmm. they need to do interesting things absolutely and honestly to me final fantasy 14 is most fun on days like yesterday just brand new patch people are doing the trials or doing the dungeons for the first time doing the near raid i i did it with an entire uh free company group so every slot was filled with someone from our free company nice. but even then it was it was so fun to figure it out and to just die repeatedly and to, <laughs> and to just sort of work together as a team to figure it out because those 24-person alliance raids are just so, so fun. I and, mean, that's wild yeah. to me. When I, yeah. I didn't really... That's the thing with this is that I've gotten, I've gotten into this game pretty blind. Like, mm -hmm. I'm letting it kind of show me what it's got without kind of knowing 
what I'm getting into. And when you posted that picture of your crew mm-hmm. on Twitter the other day, I was like, oh, that's just like, a, you know, some of your friends getting together after that. Mm-hmm. And then I was just, and then I like read about it and I was like, oh my God, like 24 people in one yeah. fucking day. Yeah. Like, that's, all, that's crazy. Like that's wild. But I got really excited because even with four people, even with six people like that I've been doing like that, it adds such a layer of intensity and fun and like active active play i guess i feel like mmos don't show you a lot of active play until right. you're mm-hmm. in almost post-game content i yeah. feel like and in yeah. final fantasy 14 it does kind of show you uh a side of mmos that like i am not used to um but like 24 that's so much yeah and i i do not like mmos i have tried yeah. other mmos maybe like once or twice before Final Fantasy fourteen, and it's part of the reason why I had to try it three times before it clicked on the third time. Um, but I don't have any other MMO to compare this to, unlike the both of you who have experience with World of Warcraft and other MMOs. Um, but for me, yeah, like, that's just... Like, it's so fun. Like, so much of it is us struggling, but so much of it is also, like Steven says, the way that the game beautifully builds on the mechanics that we're taught to you previously so i mean for the final boss it it was easy to sort of see okay so we have to hug the boss and then we have to run to where she teleports or things like that like stack up in the middle or uh, what was funny is that in our free company we had three kyles three people named kyles on (laughs) my alliance team and then we had one other team with one kyle so there was this section where um the second boss fight in the new near raid you have three different units basically and so it's split up between all three alliances and what happens is that you can't you can't attack the units that don't belong to you so say if you're alliance b you can't attack the unit belonging to alliance a but they can damage you so we came up with a tactic that was like mark the kyles and like (laughs) don't aim the lasers at the kyles just make sure that because there was one move that the lasers would just obliterate everyone in their path regardless of what alliance they were in so we're like okay we have to mark the kyles and make sure that the kyles go to the outside just so that the lasers are pointed in other directions and no Kyle is standing in a position where they can <laughs> no get the Kyle other left behind. No yeah, Kyle yeah, yeah. Behind. And we were making like punching the drywall jokes and all that. Like it was just really <laughs> funny. And just the game allows for that exploration and the combat. And it's it's just so good. So even though we were struggling, there were we have the tools and the language to still have fun like it's not just we're being thrown everything and we haven't seen any of it before every time it's it's something that is built upon something else so um yeah i also played through the entirety of a realm reborn i i like to play things the way that they're meant to be played even if it's a drag i I Uh, get that Yeah. yeah it just feels like like steven said the game just really knows how to build on things little by little in layers and so i feel like if you if you buy the potion or whatever the level skip it it's cool but it's also like you you are thrown sort of into it's kind of like so final fantasy 14 has a 
it has a level dungeon called Palace of the Dead, where you are able to sort of more quickly level up. You get like a bunch of ex- like extra experience and whatnot. And it's really good for leveling up your classes, but you don't actually know how to, you don't actually learn how to use your class in Palace of the Dead because the way Not that it operates, well, yeah. yeah, is very different from a real battle with other people in it. Um, and the way that that structure is, like, you need to have a certain amount of tanks, you need to have a certain amount of DPS and healers. Meanwhile, in Pots of the Dead, you could have all tanks, or you could have all DPS, or all healers, and it's totally fine. Um, so, in that way, I, I feel like it's sort of a good thing to compare it to, because Palace of the Dead will allow you to level up your classes really fast, but it won't teach you how to play your class. So, after I level up... A class in Palace of the Dead, like a new class that I'm trying to, you know, start using, I have to then look up videos to learn how to use that class. But if you play it, if you, you know, if you play Final Fantasy XIV the way that it's supposed to be played, if you don't skip those levels, you are able to get the foundations that you need and build upon them and really learn how to navigate your class and also the world in general. So, yeah. Um, I would say that like one of the things that really helps with this, and this is something as I've been getting way back into Destiny 2 recently, this is something that has been uh, a point of topic, a topic of conversation between me and my Destiny friends here at Fanbyte. Um, Destiny is sort of terrible at introducing people to new mechanics and also has no incentive to make veteran players be friendly to or help other people in fact it's like you're you're you almost always yeah. at a disadvantage having having somebody new to a thing so uh there's no matchmaking on almost anything in that game whereas in final fantasy 14 even the highest level end game content with the exception of like the um the the super super ultra hard mode versions of things that don't actually have any like rewards tied to them they're just for bragging rights um mm-hmm. Those uh, like all have matchmaking. All of the, all of the like alliance raids, all of the normal raids, all of the high level dungeons. They have matchmaking on them because they believe that in the, the ability of the players to do this. And then, if you have never played a thing before, then um, you will give a reward to everybody else on your team who has never who has already beaten it. Everybody gets like a bonus because they're they're helping to teach somebody else through the thing for right. the first time. You'll you'll get extra currency for end game armor and stuff. Yep, and like you could go into a dungeon that you haven't tried before and be like, hey, I'm new here. But even if you don't do that, the game offers visual language for you yes. to make that known. So there will be like a little sprout icon next to your name. Yeah. And that will let everyone else know that that is the first time that you're doing it. So people it don't really get It took me a while to realize that's what that was. Oh. Yeah. And there's also um, mentor icons. So Final Fantasy fourteen has a mentor system and people get rewards for mentoring new players. And those people also have like a sign to their name. I, I have a sign right now. I have an icon next to my name that apparently, which I did not know before, it sort of indicates that I haven't logged in for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so, and I didn't know that was the case. And I was like, oh, okay, that's actually really helpful because I don't know how to tell people I know how to play this class. I've played it for like 300 hours, at least just this one, because I've played like a thousand hours of Final Fantasy fourteen at this point. But, um... I haven't, <laughs> I don't remember my rotations, you know, like I still need to like readapt <laughs> to them. It's been, it's been a hot minute because 
the way that this game is designed is ideally, I mean, you could play it however you want. Final Fantasy XIV is definitely a game that you get what you want out of it. And Yoshida yeah. has gone on record multiple times to say, like, we don't want this game to become your life. Like, if you want to do the hardcore things, the the extreme trials, the unreal trials, the super the, the savage raids and all that like you can do that but there is also room for players who will play and pick it up every time that a new patch comes out or that a new expansion comes out and that will be fine and you won't play for months and that is totally okay like we have designed the game so that you can feel comfortable playing it um and i'm really glad that it has so much visual language and so much in its systems just short, sort of like embedded to really make that experience as comfortable as possible regardless of your play style because not yeah. everyone wants to do the hardcore stuff and not everyone is super casual there's a lot of people in between and all of them are perfectly valid and deserve the space to enjoy this game and enjoy the story ultimately that's what a lot of people go to the game for yeah yeah and there's basically no punishment for like playing either way like it yeah you, there you're basically in a good position no matter what um it's so good you could play this game. There's a version of Final Fantasy 14, and I'm sure people do it, where it's and they're, they're trying to make like they're introducing the Isgardian Restoration stuff where it's like end game content for crafting classes, because there's a version of Final Fantasy 14 where you get to like level 10 and then you unlock all the crafting classes or whatever. And then you just ignore all of the story stuff and just sit around crafting all day because those and have their you can own, do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. those yeah. have their own entire storylines and quest trees or, or skill trees and quest lines and all this other stuff going on with them and cutscenes even and now they've added like this guardian restoration is kind of in-game content for crafters it's almost like raiding for crafters it's wild yeah it's just yeah. so good and there, there's just <laughs> so much in this game and it's it like hmm what would you say to people who are easily overwhelmed by the amount of stuff that you can do in a game like Mm. what advice would you give to someone who you know when you see i mean even at, even as like early as just like seeing how the ui is yeah like right is that there are parts of this game that that definitely show that definitely show you how complicated it is or complex <laughs> it is and don't necessarily say in my opinion at least they don't necessarily say what you just said steven is that like or, or both of you actually said this is like y'all can do what you want in this game. Like you don't have to adhere to you know, one kind of path. I don't know if the game does a great job of telling you that. I don't know mm -hmm. if it does a great job, but I, I definitely think it tries to do it. So, so quests in Final Fantasy XIV are split up. Again, going back to the visual language, there are ordinary side quests, which are just fetch quests that are marked with like a sort of like a an exclamation mark and sort of like a a yellow slash golden icon then there yeah. are the job quests that are marked in blue and blue, yeah. uh this sort of like uh like it, it, the the icons between side quests job quests and main story quests are all very different from each other and yeah. so the first thing that i tell people because i mean it is so easy to get overwhelmed with video games these days not just I mean, you get overwhelmed, like, say, starting The Witcher 3, which is a single-player experience. So not to mention, like, that is overwhelming in and of itself. 
like we're talking about an MMO that has like 500 things to do in real time just around you. And I know that that sense of being overwhelmed can easily deter people, but I think the game does have a system built in place with visual language that does help sort of organize that in your brain. Like very quickly on, I learned, okay, I'm going to do the job quests and I might do like some side quests that are with the blue icon that will give you like aether currents or that will unlock like a like the ability for you to get a pet or something like that but i will ignore every single mark that like basically has a normal side quest mark and i will just focus on the main story quest and that is totally fine and recommended and the game has a system in place to sort of help you navigate that at least visually so that you can organize that in your brain like that really helped Mm. me a lot because i was just like okay i'm just gonna ignore everything that isn't in blue or that isn't a plus plus mark next to it yeah exactly yeah yeah plus mark side quests are kind of like i i think yeah just to continue what natalie is saying i think like to me, and maybe this is just the way I like to play all video games, um, I would mostly just focus on unlocking as many options as you possibly can so that you can get a little taste of everything. Mm-hmm. Because um, the blue the, the the blue quests with the plus symbols next to them, the plus symbol always means it's going to unlock some kind of new activity for you or some kind of new content or some kind of, like, like you said, Aether Currents, which is in this game allows you to f- use your flying mounts in various mm-hmm. areas. Yep. Um, which also patch 5.3, I don't think we've mentioned, adds the yep. ability to fly in the old zones. Yeah. Now you can fly everywhere. Yeah. So uh, it's easier to get around and you know, even faster there uh, and a little bit more like uh, seamless when you move into those new areas. And unlocking. So the, what is important to me about unlocking all of the stuff, because sometimes that's like that can be either things like, oh, I'm going to unlock uh, this entire new activity. I'm going to unlock a, a beast tribe, which is like this sort of faction where you can grind reputation with them to get like special cosmetics or whatever. Or it can be things like, oh, I've unlocked this new dungeon, this entire new dungeon that like just by playing the main story of the game, I would have never even known it existed. Um, and mm-hmm. the reason it's important to unlock that stuff, I think, is because that then gets moved into your duty roulette. Yes. Um, and the roulette is one of this sort of chief in in the terms of most MMOs, it's your dailies. Uh, every time you log in to the game, every 24 hours, there will be like these special bonus rewards that you get for basically going into randomized dungeons and uh, raids and things of various types. And the more you unlock through those, like, importantly marked side quests, the more variety you're going to get in that roulette. So if you're, like, logging in every day and you just want to play uh, Final Fantasy XIV in a way where it's like, I want to make as much maximum progress as I can by just logging in for one hour every day, playing one dungeon, checking out, and then going back, you know, to live the rest of my life. If you unlock the other side quest stuff, you're going to get more variety looping into that roulette over and over again. So it's not just going to be, Mm -hmm. I I logged in today and I did the same, one of the same three dungeons I have unlocked. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, Whereas, you know, if three dungeons becomes like 20 dungeons, that's a huge difference. And like, you know, you, you don't have to play super hardcore. You can just like jump in, do one dungeon, have your fun, get your rewards, log out. But every day it'll be a little bit more of a surprise for you. Yeah, yeah, and and that's how Steven played it. But on the other hand, I did something vastly different, which is that my friends got me into this game and they were 
you know, as I progressed through the story and I did dungeons, I would tell them, okay, I have to do this dungeon. And they would like hop into the dungeon that they already did like 500 years ago with me. Um, And they would tell me about all the cool things that I can do in 14. But I would explicitly tell them, tell me about that later. I'm just going to zoom through the main quest. (laughs) And that is exactly what I did. And I mean, (laughs) I spent an entire summer getting through that main quest. So like... Uh It, there was a lot of material for me there. It's not like just by nooming through the main quest, suddenly the game becomes a lot less rewarding or a lot shorter. No, that is still... Like, A Realm Reborn is anywhere from 60 to 80 hours, and each expansion averages around 30 with the patches. So there is a lot of content there. Just because you decide to zoom through the main quest does not mean that you will not have content or that you will run out of it. But for me, so that I wouldn't get overwhelmed, I made sure to be like, I can't wait for that cool shit, but that cool shit needs to wait for me. So I'm just going (laughs) to go through the main quest. I'm going to get through the story, get attached to this world and its characters, because then that will make me want to check out all the side stuff. So for Mm. me, having less options was a lot more liberating in my player experience because it allowed me to focus on what I really wanted out of this, which was a story, what I wanted first before everything else. So you could play either way. You could do like Steven and try to get as many options as possible, keep it fresh so that every time that you log in, especially when the content is not as interesting uh, in terms of the story and the earlier chapters, you know, you can have sort of that variety. But for me, I did something completely different. And the game supports both of those play styles and millions of others. Like it's, I think it's really good at accommodating just whatever sort of play style that you prefer and what you want to get out of this experience. What would you recommend in terms of like, okay, someone is coming into this experience pretty blind and, um, you know, they're familiar with final fantasy, but haven't really played an MMO. Like, Class-wise, what would you recommend to them? It it really depends, because I was in this position, and just yesterday, uh, my friend Cece asked me, like, what class should I play? Because I tried a tank class, and I could not get into it. <laughs> tank Signing yourself up for a tank class is signing up yourself for, like, the most pressure in the world because yeah. so many mechanics are tied to the tanks in this game. Absolutely. So I... I usually recommend people to go DPS. Um, I have started the game through my three attempts at trying to get into it. I think I did. I did a healer the first time around, a conjurer. Then I tried. Um, I think I might have tried Pugilist or or another yeah. healer. And then I tried Black Mage, and Black Mage was the one that I stuck with. Mm, um, it's ultimately yeah. not my main class anymore. I'm surprised that I actually found. A bunch of other classes that I enjoy more but so much of getting into this game really is dependent on finding that class that you click with otherwise it's it's hard to it's hard to want to play it and if you don't want to play it getting through the story is like you know um but I guess for new players I would recommend the DPS classes they tend to have the less pressure the least amount of pressure and they're really fun honestly there's so much variety in the mechanics like no class is similar to the other ninja is so different from machinist and even my favorite classes the ones that i main are machinist and bard which are both long range gps 
but they're still so different in their mechanics and their rotations. They operate completely yeah. differently, even if they share the same armor type and they're both long range DPS. So it ultimately depends on the sort of play style that you prefer. But I would say DPS is a good way to keep it exciting at first. I would actually uh, completely disagree with Ooh. Natalie and just throw her into a lake real yeah. quick. <laughs> walk over her head to the other side of the shore uh no i mean like the thing so i think it kind of depends actually is is the the real answer here to me um because yeah the thing about dps is that it's it's very low pressure when you're actually in the thing but if one thing that you're worried about is just getting through the content quickly like you wanted to do natalie Mm -hmm. um because so many of the dungeons are tied to story missions and that is then tied to matchmaking with people dps's have the longest queue times in the game yes yes Um, (laughs) because there's so many DPS classes if you want a super fast queue just go healer like, yeah, I, I, that's really that's so funny because I haven't played with any other classes but Conjurer, soon to be White Mage. But like I, uh, um, <laughs> I, I had not even considered that for one nanosecond because I was just like, "Wow, it is so easy to drop into these dungeons. Like, <laughs> like, it takes no time. How seamless this is! Wow, 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 wow!" And then you're exactly right. Like I, I had that thought where I was like. Yeah, I bet DPS and tanks are like more popular than healers, but I didn't even think about the queue times. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Tanks yeah. tanks still have it pretty easy compared to to DPS, but DPS you are really going to be waiting a long time. Yeah, there um, was a there was one trial in Heaven's Word that I I waited I think 40 minutes. It was just a random night, really an important trial, like just a regular trial and I had to wait like at least 40 minutes for that to it, it was it was yeah it was um that's bad it, it can it can you know we're gonna have a lot of new players now so and there are always new players but yeah. that can definitely sort of impact the pace that you're going at so if you want to get through it fastest you probably want to go healer but also I I tried healer the very first time and I guess I felt like there was not enough variety in the gameplay just because you're supposed to be healing other people. But if you're getting through the main story alone, which you probably are, because it's, yeah, I would definitely, I was, I I, I definitely wanted to hear y'all's feedback, but as someone doing the solo healer thing, Mm -hmm. the, the, the first time I realized this game would be actually fun for the remainder of my play time with the white mage was when I started doing that dungeon. Work. Dungeons. Right. Yeah. And because I, I kept being like, okay, I'm, I'm just doing stone, stone, stone. Yes, stone, exactly. Yeah. Arrow, stone, stone. Exactly. Arrow, and that's why stone, I dropped off stone. of it. Like black yeah. mage doing black mage and having access to all these different types of spells. That was, that was the source of fun for me. So I think it's, I'm glad you stuck with it in spite of it, but I absolutely remember being a conjurer, just hitting stone like repeatedly (laughs) and being like, yo, this shit kind of boring though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's mindless in a way that if you are a person that likes to like zone the fuck out, it's, it's pretty easy to zone out and not really pay that much attention to what's going on. If you are trying to like engage heavily with this game, solo white mage slash conjurer is pretty dry. 
I would yeah. say. Yeah, totally. You're absolutely um, right. That is a good but, point. Uh, like I said, I, you know, I, as I was getting progressing through, I, I started going like, oh boy, I really can't wait until I could basically jump off of this, this train and go somewhere else. Um, the second I got into dungeons, I was like, you know what? I might stick around with this because yeah. it's kind of, you know, not not only am I realizing that, yes, like my queue times will be much better <laughs> and I'll get into the content bigger. Um, but like a- as a healer, and I'm sure I'm sure this, you know, you'll, you'll still have DPS and tanks that also kind of serve this role. But as a healer, I found it such a like a coach's position. Yes. In, yeah. And and that like lit my brain up like a Christmas tree because I was just like, I, I realized that, you know, I'm watching people make mistakes around me and I had the authority, like I had the class authority to tell them that they were making a mistake. Right. And, yeah. And say, hey, like no big deal. But when this happens, y'all need to, you know, hold back. Like, yeah, uh, my my DPS guy up here the one that's running up ahead of everyone literally every single time and starting battles before <laughs> the healer can catch up. Like, bro, like stop doing that. Yeah. It's not, you know, we all got to kind of stick together. I know you're, we're not going at the pace you are, but like we have to stick together and yep. being the healer and kind of coaching that stuff was unbelievably fun for me. Um, yeah. So they're super if, fun. Like once yeah. you start getting with other people in dungeons and when you do those really cool trials, and those alliance yes. raids, oh, it's going to be so fun for you. It's just so much fun. Once you're fighting a moon goddess who summons a giant energy yin yang on the ground and you need yes. to walk between the two dots of the yin yang to alternate two different kinds of debuffs <laughs> that cleanse one another. Like once you're doing that shit and also like keeping being the glue that holds your team together throughout that entire thing because they inevitably you'll have some fucking yeah. red mage who does a fucking flying leap 30 feet into death. <laughs> yeah. You have to resurrect his stupid yeah. ass. Yeah. I hate it. Oh my God, I hate it because okay so the bard has a move where you will shoot something and you will jump backwards and Uh it's become a meme between my friends and i because i absolutely fall off of things by doing that attack like i'll do the attack reflexively and it's not even the easiest one for me to execute on my keyboard or in my hot bars but i will do it and then after i do it is when i think oh this move makes me jump back so then yesterday in the first fight of the near raid the map is very small and one person before we even started the fight decided to hop off to test if we could actually fall i don't think they even thought of it they were just like oh, i'm just gonna walk off and they actually fell and we're like how the fuck did we lose a person already so we had to wait for that person to come back i was like ah oh, jan you fucking idiot like how are you gonna like jump off and so we all went into this fight knowing that we could fall off the very small arena and so the first thing that i did when i started the fight was i i docked an arrow i did my regular attack and i was like oh let me do the move that makes me jump back and i just absolutely (laughs) fell back and out of the arena and it was like natalie what are you doing i was like shit y'all like i thought about that until after i pressed the thing yo like Oh my god, like, that was, it was so messy, and it's just so funny to see all the chaos that you can get into 
mechanically. Um, uh-huh. And so we've talked a lot about the mechanics in the battle, but uh, I think we should devote some time to the story like and yeah. as vaguely as possible because he I, john says he doesn't care about spoilers but I, I we really, also want him to i i know. really don't and like we should really talk about it as much as is like a newcomer would be i don't know okay with yeah, yeah so that's that still might be pretty like that's light, but yeah. also yeah. you know also don't don't be afraid to like suggest a higher stuff that's going on because Story-wise, you know, Realm Reborn so far has been a lot yeah. of, like, uh, you know, there were th- long ago things happened. Like, <laughs> these different people were involved in the thing. You're going to meet them to slowly. Ganon. He's got a big robot this time. Right. We yeah, need yeah, to yeah. stop it before it steps on us. Yeah. It's got and big then, feet. And then and then the villain, the villain from the first fourth of Xenogears shows up. Um, <laughs> Which, by the way, like, it, uh, really, genuinely, uh, Natalie, Stephen, I don't know if you've ever looked at uh, uh, here. I'll I'll drop it in the yes, chat. Please, please, yes, please, 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 uh, Groff, Groff from Xenogears. I've they, I played they the first literally like, five they hours. Of literally, ones, just fucking. They literally just lifted this design. Uh, so, uh, I would say that they also, uh, if you're talking about Gaius von Balesar, I would yes, also say I he am. looks a lot like the judges from Final Fantasy XII. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like judge. You know, they 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 looked at the design, the visual design of twelve, and Natalie, I know, but uh, noted twelve hater Natalie Flores, <laughs> um, yeah, noted incorrect person Natalie Flores. Stephen, you like Final Fantasy fifteen? That bad? Yeah. Uh, well, this is now, Natalie. We're not talking about me here. <laughs> Let's get back to what matters. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's just Gaius. That's just Gaius. But it's just, it's Groff from Xenogears, a game that came out. wild. A game that came out uh, 22 years ago? Yeah. Fuck. Oh, shit. 22 years ago. I'm upset when I say things like that. (laughs) And 23. (laughs) Oh, that's Uh, (laughs) funny. Anyway, um, moving that on. came out when moving I was on. one years old. <laughs> uh, um, moving on, yes, we should definitely talk about about some of the story stuff. Yeah, and as big as po- as we possibly can, both for John and our listeners who are listening to this, like for the whole point of it, which is like why you should get into Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah, Rumor Born when people say that it's the least impressive part of Final Fantasy fourteen and like arguably like not good, it's because of the story. But the the level of quality and the difference in quality between a Rum Reborn and just Heaven's Ward alone, which is absolutely not the best expansion, even though it was my favorite up until Shadowbringers, is ridiculous. Like it's so the heights that Final Fantasy fourteen. Yes, it's it's like when people are saying like the difference is huge. Like it it doesn't even feel like the same game. It really doesn't. Yeah. Um, so Heaven's Ward is more of a high fantasy. I think I think the order that they have set it up in is really interesting because Heaven's Ward is very traditional Final Fantasy. It's it's Final Fantasy at its best. It's what you know and love. The high fantasy, the, you know, the you long... You fight God. Yeah, you fight God, you fight the church, <laughs> you fuck the dragon. <laughs> like, all this, like, 
high fantasy magical stuff there is like a class sort of um class conflict that you're you know exploring there's a war going on and you you know it's about settling a debt like a centuries-long war but that's all stuff that you've seen before but it intentionally sets that up so that it can then subvert all your expectations about what you think final fantasy 14 will be so you might think that it's just going to be more of that but stormblood takes a radically different approach and is way more of a political drama like really goes hard in on social justice on civil rights on um fascism and democracy and freedom And and liberation and not like wrapped up in uh, metaphor, which I think is like a lot of. Yes. You look. You look at like high fantasy, like Dragon Age, which is stuff that wants to deal with that sort of thing a lot of the time. It's like, yeah. uh, well, this is racism. What, what if racism, but against elves? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. right, mm-hmm. right. Whereas in in Stormblood, it is not about like you know ma- weird magic stuff. It is there is an evil empire that has set up a resource colony in basically fantasy uh, Japan and one in like fantasy kind of kind of Middle Eastern coded and it is the like it is the people of those various nations rising up against their oppressors and you going in there to like basically uh, to pay off a political debt that you owe to a bunch of people who helped you throughout the earlier stuff in that game because a lot of the people on your side in heaven's word and a realm reborn are refugees from from this like original takeover from the this far away these far away right. countries that you've never seen and then you you help you know those people help you do the big high fantasy stuff and then come stormblood they're like okay we helped you with that stuff now you need to help us retake our homeland because we've got like my grandpa lives there like he couldn't come with us because we had to flee in the dead of night and he was like you know he decided mm-hmm. to stay behind because he couldn't move fast enough and we need to like go help him or uh there will literally be like there you know this is a pretty is a little bit of a spoiler but there is a stuff leading up to Stormblood that is very much like, hey, you haven't helped. Like, we have been helping you so much this entire time. You haven't helped us. You've promised us over and over and over and over again. Fuck you. We're going to take matters into our own hands and take back our homeland. We're, we're tired of promises. We're tired of, like, hearing how mm-hmm. if we just, like, deal with this threat or this one. You will eventually help us. We're going to take things into our own hands and, you know, go away from you. And when that fails, the rest of the characters realize that they fucked up like your your team realizes that yeah we should have moved faster we can't just like Mm -hmm. pretend that people aren't dying and being exploited and enslaved in this place we need to actually take direct action because this incrementalism bullshit is not going to help us Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. and it only gets more and more and more into the center of the forefront of that game as you play like it, it the final fantasy just gains over the course of time, more and more class consciousness and just like makes it more and more the text of what is going on. Absolutely. And I think other Final Fantasies have tackled the subjects that Stormblood and Final Fantasy XIV overall tackles, but they've they've gone about it in more roundabout ways. Stormblood is just like Steven says, it is like there is an entire expansion just dedicated to oppression, liberation, uh, like the, the struggle for civil rights, uh, the struggle to take down a fascist empire, um, imperialism, all those things. And it does it, it in very clear terms. There are no roundabout ways, like Stephen says, and it is so refreshing, especially because I think Final Fantasy as a whole, its stories have been more progressive than most, but it's never really tried to tackle things 
or, or at least not to the degree that I feel Stormblood does. And I think a yeah. lot, of, maybe some people would disagree. I think 12 does a good job of delving into politics. And, yeah, totally. Um, six as well, seven as well. But it, it feels so like this is not part of the story that like these are not like subplots that complement the main story like this is the main story yeah and i felt that was so refreshing to see from final fantasy especially with the amount of thoughtfulness that i think it handles it with like i think there are arguments to be made for room where there could be an improvement but i personally felt that it tackled yeah just like with anything but i i personally felt like it tackled it so gracefully and so with so much empathy and so much also just a lack of cowardice um yeah Yeah. so it's really refreshing i know i i know i've been talking a lot but i do just want to say one thing about that which is continue to talk more yeah thank you i appreciate you yeah Um, I just want to say, like, one thing that I think is um, very wow, cool robot, like, it's very fun and cool on the surface, but also has more subtext to it about Final Fantasy fourteen is that there is a ton of references to old Final Fantasy yes. games. Um, like, you know, Kefka is in this game, right? Yeah. Um, he's a boss that you fight at one point. Uh, there's a bunch of references to Omega and Ruby Weapon and Sapphire Final Fantasy Weapon and A that. and, and Final, Final Fantasy Nine too. Like, there's gun blades. Yeah. Yeah. There's um. There's a Mal. I think from final fantasy nine like gaia i think or, or mm-hmm. no i think it's a boss fight i'm not sure i don't, I don't it, remember it is it is a very it is rev it, it carves its own path and is also very reverent to, yes yes uh, i think it, it, it's so, it, it did so well at sort of leaning on past final fantasy entries until it really gained its own identity and it has like we haven't talked about Shadowbringers, but now with Shadowbringers, it has formed its own central identity. Like, if there was any doubt that it did not have its own identity, that doubt has been absolutely erased by now. But it still pays so much respect to the legacy of other Final Fantasies. Like, the ongoing eight-person raid in Final Fantasy um, 14's Shadowbringers expansion is largely focused on Final Fantasy VIII, or at least it was in the first leg. And in the second leg, we went to the Thunder Plains, which is a, a location in Final Fantasy X. Like, these are, <laughs> which we, like... Which we talked about last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so... It's so good at just integrating... And, I mean, there's an entire Final Fantasy twelve raid, like or, or like, a, a yes, raid that takes place Ivalice, in Ivalice. Like Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, yeah, and that... Yeah. You can, I think it's not even that you can argue, like, canonically, it's it's sort of set in the same timeline, so just, yeah. like, many years and generations later, but yeah, it just but is the, really cool stuff. The, the, the reason I wanted to bring that um, sort of reverence for the old material up, though, specifically to tie it into the stuff with Stormblood is that it's it's very, you know, it revels in that kind of history. But I, what's interesting to me about that, too, is because I think this is something we've seen. And this isn't unique to Final Fantasy. Games as a medium, actually, Julie Muncy on, uh, has been talking about this on Twitter as she's been playing the Marathon games, the uh, pre-Halo Bungie first-person shooters. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and, like, talking about how... A lot of the stuff that we think is um, revelatory in games nowadays is stuff that was there at the very beginning, but was just sanded down over time to like create mass market appeal. 
because mm-hmm. the marathon games have a lot of stuff in them that is basically just doing what Bioshock would end up doing like 23 years later, but did it in a time where games were just not as popular. And then over time, that sort of um, subversiveness was sanded down to like appeal to wider audiences and stuff. And you look back at Final Fantasy, something like Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII is a game that is very interested in like eco politics and sort of like um, ecological socialism in some ways. Even like it brushes up against a lot of those things, and that's just stuff that was over time. It, it remains part of the DNA of Final Fantasy, but over time it was sanded down. It was pushed into the background. It was like reduced to like ah you know you expect you'll fight god at some point in this game but (laughs) the actual meaning what that actually means you know you know what you're gonna do in this thing okay yeah and by paying such homage and understanding the material that they are pulling from in such a way from those old final fantasy games they are pulling back a lot of what was pretty normal at the time to to like say and have these like very upfront um political ideologies and like philosophies and like putting that stuff face first and making it the crux of the game and not just like side plots and not just flavor text putting that stuff in a front-facing position is in the dna of final fantasy and by pulling on those old strings final fantasy 14 is able to kind of resurrect that sort of like fighting spirit again in a way that is like very very admirable i think and like maybe wouldn't fly if they couldn't candy coat it in the like veil of nostalgia or maybe it would fly but i don't think people would pay as much attention to it or notice Mm -hmm. it as as quickly um but you know it's a lot easier to um you know it's it's a spoonful of sugar to make the fucking um class consciousness go down you know when they when they bring in it's like hey everybody look at our trailer for kefka in order to get there you need to help fight against a fucking like resource colony viceroy (laughs) (laughs) right yeah and Uh, those themes are just again final fantasy 14 builds on itself so beautifully because it's like the central conflict of Stormblood, or like the central sort of theme is the Alamegan struggle for liberation and the adjacent struggles for liberation around the Alamegan um, people. That is introduced from the very beginning of Final Fantasy XIV. Like, I started in, um, is it Udon? No, no, wait. <laughs> right. Uh, Ulda, yeah. Yeah, Ulda, Ulda, Ulda. Ulda. Yeah, I was like, it's not Udon, it's Ulda. Yeah, there is... (laughs) Yeah, there's like an entire, like a small section of that map where it's just the Alamegan people and they talk to you about why they have, you know, been forced to flee here and how the capitalist city of Ulda um, continues to oppress like uh, immigrants and refugees and that's set up in the very base game in the first few hours but that is not paid off until stormblood but that is the class conflict issue and like exploration of poverty and marginalized people that is also introduced or not it's introduced but it's also tackled in heaven's ward even if it's tackled in different ways um and then that class conflict that heaven's ward um tends to explore which is the difference between the nobility and the people who are poor and who live like within the walls of the same people and like i'm not making sense but basically like that is carried over into shadowbringers as well because shadowbringers even though it takes on 
a more sort of lore heavy focus um, that is dedicated to sort of building and fleshing out like who are the Asians, who are the otherworldly and supernatural forces like that have been impacting our journey. It also takes time to again return to that class conflict like there is an entire city named umor and that section in particular is really poignant because it talks about how at the end of the world the rich have cast out the poor to live and to literally feed off of the scraps of the of the rich um right and it does it in really interesting ways and the characters themselves do so much growing as well like alfano who is a, basically a rich boy like at one point in the story he is very much like i want to help these people but i also like i don't want to speak for them i cannot speak for them and i don't want to be sort of like essentially like a white savior um in a sort of sense like i don't want to i I want these people to have autonomy and i want to help them sort of realize their autonomy but i don't want to be the like it, it just really goes about it in a thoughtful way and that yeah. also happens in Storblood too because i do remember there being a part where they're like you know can we speak for the struggles of these people like we can help them but how much intervention is too much intervention like how much like where is the line between intervention and winning the the struggle for these people that is the struggle that is very much their own and that we cannot claim to know truly um so it's yeah. just really interesting they don't want to be like because that's like the center point of alphano's character early on in the game is that he's like always the, wants to be the center of attention like i'm the little rich um smart boy i went yeah. to like <laughs> fantasy college i got really really like a cool have you heard of from... the ivy league yeah maybe you've heard of aorzia's ivy league i, I went yeah. to i went to brown it's just um, called brown here too yeah <laughs> yeah it, they kind of the same across all dimensions <laughs> <laughs> um, fantasy, he, fantasy Harvard versus Fantasy Yale. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is a moment in, I think it's around the stuff in Heavensward, I want to say, um, where his yes. arrogance at like trying to basically like make himself the center of attention and make like his ideals like into a big, giant organized force um, uh, that is essentially like basically a private military Back comes crashing. Yes. Y- yeah, it comes crashing down around his ears, um, and he's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> and, like, that uh, colors every single thing that the, the goes on with that character afterwards. Like, it, from that point forward, he is, like, basically humbled in a way that he realizes that he cannot be... Um, he, he cannot basically be the centerpiece of, of change. Like, he cannot, like, you know, make a single face into the... Um, into what makes it like, like hero worship is not going to save them. Uh, like systemic action over time is what's going to save them. And that is the thing that then they end up in a very unfamiliar place in the, in Shadowbringers because Shadowbringers takes place in a parallel universe. Basically most of it does. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I have no access to any of my usual um, resources or people. So I need to find a way to spread the systemic change under a completely different set of rules like the, the rules have done changed here and they you know the, there's some like fantasy shenanigans that allow them to kind of um skip past some of uh, actually showing that on screen but also at the same time uh you know you do have a, a direct hand in helping people out throughout the humor stuff for sure 
Absolutely, because like Yoshida says, it functions like a TV series in a sense. Like each expansion yeah. is a like TV a show season. season. Right? Yeah, and yeah. so seeing these characters evolve in the ways that they do is so satisfying. Like some characters are just radically different. They they seem like two completely different characters from A Realm Reborn and now, but it's not the case like you've seen them grow you've seen them go through these struggles and these different seasons so to say um so it's so rewarding to see the main cast like and it's in the little details too like for example um i think john have you met Urianje? Urianger. he talks Urianger, yeah. yeah he talks like really flowery like he talks like the s- olden days how do you spell that u r i a n G-E-R. He has a fucking... So a bunch of, especially in Shadowbringers, a bunch of characters from your main crew get glow-ups, like massive glow-ups oh, yeah. uh, from game to game. Yeah, so yeah, right yeah, now yeah, when we're born, he looks like... He looks very unremarkable. Like, he has yes, sort of a yes, cape. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And so it's it's in the little things, like... In a Realm Reborn, um, they made it so that like he speaks very flowery. It's so hard to understand him at times. Like I just wanted him to shut the fuck up. But <laughs> over the course of the game, like by Shadowbringers, they've confirmed that he intentionally uses more sort of easily accessible words and understandable words because he cares for his friends so much that he wants them to understand him and so he makes modifications to his own behavior to his own language just so that it's easier for him to communicate with the people that he loves and just seeing that kind of those little kinds of changes and also the big revelatory you know plot twists and changes like that is all so so satisfying because this is just like a tv show that just keeps on going and going and the quality only gets better as it goes because shadowbringers yeah. is absolutely so incredible in a way that i i can't even compare it to the other two expansions but when people tell you that shadowbringers is as amazing as it is like they they have every reason to say you know it's one of the best final fantasy stories ever so yeah, it's pretty cool so far. I can't wait to get into the uh, into the next uh, expansions, and then you know, eventually in the next, I don't know, ten to twenty years, uh, into Shadowbringers. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. like uh, we said earlier, we're all playing expansion five, and uh, you're still getting through Heaven's Work. Uh, we'll be here for you, uh, supporting you. Like we said earlier, just. Just stick to the main quest yeah. and the job quest. Like that's a like if you get too overwhelmed, that's a good place to start. Just yeah. sort of stick to that because yeah. everything else is still gonna be waiting for you once you get through the main story. But if you're in it for you know the main story and wanting to find out what happens and how all these characters evolve and the interesting ways in which they develop, that stuff will be waiting for you. But you can advance through the main story quicker and you know. Another yeah. thing, too, I want to say that I forgot to mention during when the, our discussion of job choices is don't feel too paralyzed with choice around that stuff because, um, well, there's two things. One is you can keep your character, like, your character is your character, but the class that they have, you can just change on the fly at any time. Yeah. yeah. Um, they'll, they'll start, if you, if you, like, start training them as a paladin you can then just immediately switch over and start using them as a warrior and they'll start from level one on that on that job but you don't lose progress in your paladin as a result of that so it's not like you have to re-roll yeah. characters and replay through the entire story on top of that having levels if you get to like level 30 on a warrior 
mm-hmm. every other class will level up faster until they reach the same level that your max is right now. Yeah. Um, so it goes by quicker. Yeah. The, the uh, game is just really helpful. And there are, there are also items that you can get that help level up. Like if you oh, like eat food. before every dungeon, for example, like if, yeah. you, if you eat like a small snack, it'll make the experience um that you gain a lot quicker and just like real life yeah 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 so just uh, like real life and then the other thing too is if you're uh if you're really paralyzed for choice and don't know if you want the like um fun uh then like the ease of use of a dps or the like super fast queue times of a healer play as a what do they start arcanist is the is the mm-hmm. dual class mm-hmm. because oh, that yeah. one yeah they're a shared class that levels up as a healer and a DPS at the same time. Which is pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so that's another good beginner tip. Just wanted to sneak that in there before we wrap up. It's a good I think beginner we are tip. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 So thank you for being here to chat Final Fantasy XIV with me, Stephen and John. I'm so yes, happy we... You're welcome. This is fun. Yes. I love Natalie. this game so much. I... I am trying to be fanbite sort of like go to Final Fantasy fourteen person yes. just because this game is like my life. Hell yeah. Um but yeah, I'm really happy that we got to talk about it today and that next week we'll be talking about patch five point three. We'll be having a patch five point three spoiler cast with a very wonderful guest, um, Michael from GameSpot, Michael Heum. So uh I think we can announce that, right? Like, that I fun? think so. It seems like a done deal. Yeah, it seems like a done deal. So we will be able to chat all things patch 5.3. So next week you can get a more spoilery sort of, you know, rewarding conversation for those who have been caught up on the story like we have. Um, So, yeah. Thank you, yeah. everyone, for being here. Thank you, Jordo, our podcast producer, who is Thanks, wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, so where can people find you on the internet, John? And Fredona Tup? You can find me, uh, and I'm going to start posting a lot of pictures of Fedona yes. uh, soon. Uh, you can find me at Floppy Adult on Twitter, the hell site. Mm, sort of a fun place that you like to kind spend of a time fun on. place i just love not being able to pry myself away from it's real yeah. healthy and good well it's yeah. fine john because it's not like anything's been happening in the world right now no, that has been like happening. Made, I don't yeah think made been people happening talk. worth talking about no, no absolutely not and <laughs> steven where can people find you on the internet slash twitter because that is the only place on the <sighs> internet that we tend to go to these days that we cannot pry ourselves away from you can find me if you want to on twitter at at steven strum uh although i would i don't tweet so much these days because it's so bad so if you want to like hear my sort of dulcet tones talk about things that i love more the better place to check out would be uh fanbyte.com slash podcast and you can listen to our other shows like fan with which i host and then also uh numbers go up which posts every friday where we talk about live games which will include some final fantasy 14 talk but also things like warframe and destiny and that's me and merit and um uh colin mcgregor our guides writer and we're gonna have a ourselves a special guest on this week as well so that's very exciting Mm, very exciting you can find me on twitter suffering at hardimisia that's hard i-m-e-c-i-a where i tend to put so many screenshots of my final fantasy 14 character so many oh my goodness like yesterday i 
made a count. I, I counted the pictures that I took just for the MSQ for 5.3. That was almost 600. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> um, and I have like, I don't know, I think I have like almost 7,000 screenshots of Final Fantasy 14 in total. I don't post them all on Twitter, but I do post the important ones, aka the ones of my character, Natalie. Um, so, yes, my oh, character is Natalie. Natalie G-Pose Shin. Yeah, Natalie G-Pose <laughs> Shin. Uh, so, thank you, everyone, for being here today. Uh, thank you for listening to Fanbite, for listening to 99 Potions. Glug, glug, glug. Uh... Yeah. So. Tell your friends about the show if you if you like it. That's yes. the best way to get the word out for us. And I know Jordan wants us to remind everybody about that if you yes. enjoy our show. Definitely. Uh, and also leave a review if you enjoy our content, or maybe if you don't either. Let us know what you want us, you know, <laughs> to improve upon. <laughs> maybe we should talk about Final Fantasy fourteen every episode. I don't know. Whoa, you let us I don't know. know. That's just a, a, a weird idea Natalie had just now. <laughs> Let us know. Um, write a review, like, subscribe, hit that smash, like, RT button, etc. Hit that so. smash button. Hit that, smash that RT button, smash that like button, the subscribe button, etc, etc, etc. And, uh, yeah. Again, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.